Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to a Monday evening edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. This is an around the NFL type podcast because the offseason is going on, and there is a lot of different pieces coming out highlighting what is going on. There's optimism. In Jetsland, that's how you know it is absolutely June 21st, 2021. I am joined by old friend Evan Swords, as I am every Monday night. Evan, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm also joined by Lindsay Okay, uh, the biggest Matt Ryan fan on the internet. <laughs> Lindsay, good evening. How are you? I'm a little bit sick. Well, I'm not sick. I'm a little stuffed up, but otherwise I'm great. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. And of the <laughs> Airbuds pod and NFL aficionado and Blue Wire Pods co-worker, Peter Moses is also here. Peter, good evening, sir. How are you? I am sick, but I just spent four days in Vegas, so it had nothing to do with um, nothing <laughs> to do with a cult. <laughs> Wait, when did you get back? Um, I got back a day and a half ago um and i've slept for about 14 of the 26 hours since (laughs) i've been back yeah i was in vegas last week too and i I literally yeah yeah is everybody going to vegas (laughs) now i'm not a vegas person Lindsay, were you in vegas okay (laughs) absolutely it it was 115 degrees you had no choice but to stay inside and uh frolic in there so yeah well Well, hey you know what whether we're whether we're in vegas or we're just getting some chamomile teal tea. It's a. Uh, it's good to good to talk to you guys. Good to be around uh, some sports. Yeah, we got sports. <laughs> uh, we love to talk about sports on this podcast. Like Evan suggested, um, I alluded to the Jets' optimism at the top of this because one of the main things I want to talk about in this show uh, or this episode rather is Elijah Moore because. I think it was last week with Eric Robinson, the Falcoholic, a very good NFL writer. We were talking about this, where things in the NFL now just change drastically. Lindsay, the team that you cover, now has a number one receiver where Lamar Jackson is speaking glowingly like Sammy Watkins is in year one again, like the way they're talking about him. And he just goes out and catches everything, and he's impressing him in camp. And that's changed because it's just not what he's had in years past. And uh, uh, everything was about Hollywood Brown and the tight ends and everything like that. And now you look at the Jets and Elijah Moore and just you cannot go wrong with these old Miss receivers, I guess, at this point. Just draft an old Miss wide receiver and it'll work out. Even Bill Belichick, I would I would still bet on an old Miss receiver at this point. But Denzel Mims, who we were all in on, I think, last year, um, in that pick, and it made a lot of sense. And he is now on the outside looking in because of Corey Davis and friends on the outside, Elijah Moore in the slot. And you're like, oh, he's wide receiver four. And he is now on the outside looking in. And I just think this is extremely fascinating. Um, Lindsay, what do you what do you think of how quickly things have changed in New York and uh, the wide receiver room there, along with the wide receiver room in Baltimore, just how quickly things change for these guys? So this is a perfect question to start because I just want to say that I have PTSD from Brashad Perriman. So (laughs) I am completely incapable of hyping any rookie wide receiver ever because I'm just going to be let down. So that's exactly where I'm at with Bateman too. I refuse to call him the next big thing. I refuse to say he's going to be the one that works out because the Ravens are 
historically horrible at drafting wide receivers. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at right now with both of those guys. I'm not going to hype them for anything because I simply just cannot do it. Um, it's my own thing. But that being said, I feel like if they hit on him and they hit on Zach Wilson, like that changes the Jets offense, I feel like. So, and I mean, that offense was God awful last year. So, I mean, that's, you know, obviously a great thing. I was going to say, Lindsay, like, do you, when you say like, you don't trust rookie receivers, you mean, you mean the ones that are drafted by the Ravens, right? Because it's, (laughs) it seems like everybody else in the NFL right now has got it all figured out. You got, you know, you got C.D. Lamb. You got Brandon Ayuk. All these, all these receivers are just thriving, and the and the the Ravens seem to continue to find the one receiver that just can't do it year in and year out. Yeah, it's some kind of curse. I don't know what started it, but it's definitely there. I mean, it's 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 the anti Anquan Bolden situation. Ever oh, since man. he left, probably, you know that's probably what did it. That trade is probably what did it. Except it kind of it happened before then, so. I don't know how to explain that, but I don't want to be a, a pessimist and mm. also just to be fully candid, a Browns fan, but it does feel like a little bit to me, like if it's, you know, like, you know, Zach Wilson works, works out, then Elijah Moore is going to work out. Like mm. there's some, yeah. some part of this has to be about the guy throwing you the ball a little bit, just like a tiny bit. Well, and I mean, not only that, but we have to also understand. And it, it, once again, we, we have to watch the Jets play. But they are getting that Kyle Shanahan offense, right? And it's very uh, receiver-friendly. It's very quarterback-friendly. Uh, Zach Wilson is an incredible prospect in his own right. But Elijah Moore is in a perfect situation to succeed. I mean, he is you know, walking into a very good situation where they can all build together. And just kind of like you're saying, whether it's you know Salah and – uh, Wilson and more just kind of like learning to grow as, as a team. Like the, these guys are in a good situation. They did well. I think so. I, I just, I wonder how like Denzel Mims was just someone I was all in on coming out of Baylor. And I just think about like Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley and what we're going to look at them now because Julio Jones is gone and just the questions surrounding just Ridley being a number one. And like the numbers show that, just playing him man to man is going to be a, a bad proposition for opposing defenses. And the way you're going to teams are going to have to look at the Falcons. It's going to be weird and we'll see. Um, I think we can all agree on this podcast. The biggest thing right now is that Matt Ryan is a better NFL quarterback than Lamar Jackson. Like that is something that we can all as a group collectively agree on. Also Jimmy Garoppolo, also Baker Mayfield. The important <laughs> thing on this podcast is making sure that we but understand that Matt him. Ryan's the best of our four teams. But I do think it's interesting, Peter, like I didn't see that like this stat just blows my mind. Like there are some like this is some New England Patriots type shit where it said from this article on ESPN.com, I highly encourage everybody to check this out, this piece on Elijah Moore. But it quote, in fact, the Jets last draft to produce a pro bowl wide receiver was 2001 when they chose Santana Moss 16th overall. He made the Pro Bowl with the Washington football team, not even the Jets. Like, what? I, I don't even know how that's possible. That is just bonkers, right? I mean, it's nuts, but also tell me again who have all the quarterbacks been since 2001 for the New York Jets? Like, uh, okay. Chad Pennington, Brett Favre, um, Mark Sanchez. Can we do this? Sanchez. Brooks Bollinger, did he get a start? Shout out to Brooks. 
Uh, I feel like a McCown played for them at some point. Yeah, McCown played yeah, for everybody. Yeah. That man played he, for every single team. Like you should assume he played for your team at some point. Like every DJ team has one McCown yeah. at some point. Oh man, uh, yeah, that'd they, be a fun game. Yeah. I kind of want to go back through that and see if I could do it. I, I don't know, but I mean, you know, sleep. Like talking a little bit. I know Denzel Mims. Like, what was he supposed to do last year? Yeah. How, what, what good did Adam Gase do anybody? What What good has Adam Gase done anybody at any point? Like, <laughs> well, just Peyton to Manning kind of believes in him. Like that dude has like the amount of money he owes Peyton Manning for getting him all of these jobs and like talking. You should about write jokes for him on on Thursday Night Football next year. Then that's that's a good I, job for Adam Gase. Ooh, I don't think he'd be good on TV. Nothing about Adam Gase strikes me as I want him in the commentary booth. The guy I want that's in the booth is coaching dude. high school football. Philip Rivers would be electric. Electric. Yeah, Phil Rivers. Rivers would be hilarious. Philip Rivers. Phil, it would be. Phil Rivers perfect. might better be entertaining. He might be funny. He might be witty. Mm-hmm. He'll never be electric. Oh, <laughs> real strong pip pip. You know what this is coming from, Evan? This is coming from your Justin Herbert admiration. No, I'm just session. saying he's like You're a little like old town. Ta- you know, he's a country boy. Like, oh shucks, with his little you know bolo tie. <laughs> like, I'm not saying it wouldn't be entertaining, but like, mm. I don't know if that like. I don't know if that guy can be excited outside of football. And even then it was kind of, you know, I don't know. I'm a big uh, pain guy. I also think Eli would actually be pretty solid. Eli is just, uh, Eli is hilarious. Did you guys see that? Eli? Did you guys see the Eli Manning video that they just posted where they were talking about Tom Brady? They're like, what do you think Tom Brady's favorite, favorite wine is? And he was like, I can't beat the Giants. I can't beat the Giants. Is that what it is? He was like, oh, you meant alcohol. That's incredible. <laughs> Eli Manning must be protected at all costs. Um, and shout out to Arch Manning. Look, Arch, I, I know you don't want to follow in your uncle's uncle's shadow here in Knoxville, but I promise it will be fine. We'll move, we'll move on. We will not compare you to Peyton. It's going to be great. Um, PFF has a top 25 players under 25 entering the 2021 NFL season. Evan, when you looked at this list and you saw Fred Warner, number one, and Lindsay, when you saw Lamar Jackson, number two, guys, did you, did you see this as like, okay, this makes sense that we actually have a really great young core of collective talent? Or do you think, is there any name on this list that kind of throws you off? Did you disagree with some of this? Because I think these young players, it kind of is amazing for me to look at these names of like, man, these guys are all under 25. Um, Evan, Dude, start with you. Yo, exactly go ahead, what I was gonna say. <laughs> that it was exactly what I was going to say. Every time I look at one of these lists, I'm like, damn, like these guys are all so young. And you don't think about that when you watch them play because they're obviously like giant people. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I would definitely say like one, it's very exciting for the 49ers to have two players on it. Uh, Fred Warner is I, like, I, like I, it seems crazy to say, but I still think we're underrating Fred Warner. I, I still think we are. I think he's the best linebacker in the NFL. And I think it's just like, it's hard for people to understand that. Lindsay, I want to know though, like, Cause I, you know me, I'm a, I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. I am. I'm, I genuinely am watching the 2.0 version right now, though, of Greg Roman destroying another young, <laughs> athletic black quarterback. The way he is so good at doing. Would you put Lamar number two right now? I don't think so. I don't think you would either, really. huh? And it's not that I that I don't think he's great. It's not that I don't believe in him or anything, but. He's got so much that he has to work on, and 
again, I'm not saying he's bad, but a lot of the winning that he does, which also is a great thing, kind of overshadows all of the flaws that he does have. I mean, I'd, I'd be sitting here lying if I said he doesn't need to work on the passing game like pronto. Like, this year has to be the year when he gets that shit together because, I mean, it's been three years now, and I feel like we we sat here and we saw Josh Allen make that big leap. Baker Mayfield made a huge leap and Lamar Jackson just kind of made a lateral move. And again, not a bad thing because he's still great. And it's very hard to follow up an MVP year with the second MVP year, but I just want to see that jump and I haven't really seen it yet. So well, I'm not saying he's, that's never going to happen, but it does have to happen. We, we actually talked about it a little bit earlier. So I do want to ask, you, you mentioned Josh Allen. Josh Allen takes a big, big step the year that they go out and they trade for Stefan Diggs. Um, and I don't want to keep beating a dead horse here, but like obviously the, Brent, the, the Ravens went out and they, they you know, spent a lot of draft capital on, on Hollywood Brown, who was at the time one of the most exciting players in the draft, let alone one of the most exciting receivers in the draft. He hasn't panned out yet. Do you think Lamar's situation might be a little bit easier had they had, you know, a, you know, a, a player like Stefan Diggs that could make the quarterback's job easier? Do you think that has anything to do with it? I mean, absolutely it can. Um, that's why I wanted them to finally lay something down on the table and get Julio Jones, get a player like that. And they absolutely had the ability to do it, and they didn't. So that tells me all I need to know. They settled for Sammy Watkins and said, I mean, again, I'm not saying Sammy Watkins isn't capable of having a good year, but history is going to tell me that he's going to miss some time. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, I hate to say this, but the Ravens are where wide receivers' careers go to die. Look at Jeremy Macklin. Like, yep. there are several others I could – roll off my tongue right now it's just it's just seems like the same thing and i just wish they again if bateman pans out great fantastic but then again you also have to think this is not a wide receiver friendly offense at this point and they say they're switching things around and they're changing things and everything but how much are you going to change when lamar jackson's biggest strength is his legs so i think Lindsay, you just hit the nail on the head because they tried (laughs) to go get some free agents they try to go get some wide yeah. receivers, and who wants to go Absolutely. there? Like, there's no one. Like, everyone sees what that offense is already, Lamar or not. And I would also say, you know, what stuck out to me on this list, kind of talking about that, is Justin Herbert being 17. To me, you could oh, almost just swap line. those two quarterbacks right yeah. now. The upside I, of Herbert. I definitely said. He, is, sorry. I definitely said no, he, he was like top 10 worthy. Yeah. No. Worthy. No doubt about it. About just kind of like what Lamar had at his wide receiver position. Who did Herbert have last year that made you like blow the doors off like a receiver and a half at best. I think the upside of Herbert, if you're buying quarterback futures right now, you're absolutely buying on Herbert over Lamar. Who's been not just like, he's kind of been regressing a little bit because there's never been a game wherein he's behind other than that one Monday night, all timer against the Browns where you feel confident about them when they're behind and Herbert was behind it seemed like every game and the Chargers are one of the most fun teams to watch last year even though they ended up kind of being mediocre. Herbert's an interesting case though because you see it every now and then but very rarely at the QB position like Herbert's a guy that just I just trust 
Like, I know that he, you know, he might not win the game because it's, you know, there's 12, 12 men on the field at any given point. But, like, I, I'm, I mean, once again, I can't, I can't stress it enough. I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. I think he's one of the most exciting players in the NFL. I'd take Justin Herbert any day of the week over him. Justin Herbert makes throws every single game that are just thoroughly impressive. And, I, I yeah, I, I, I got to say this, this is the one glaring thing, thing for me on this list. I get it, though. I mean, he's MVP season. It's kind of hard. I think the yeah, with there's, Lamar, there's though... A diff- oh, oh, go sorry. ahead, Lindsay. I was just going to say really quickly to on what Evan said. There's a difference between, like, being a great athlete and being a great quarterback. Some some people can be both. Like, Tom Brady can be both. Um, I'm not saying Lamar isn't a great quarterback, but he's a better athlete than he is a quarterback, whereas Justin Herbert, you can flip-flop those. I think Justin Herbert's the better quarterback, where Lamar is the better athlete. I think the thing totally. with Lamar, like PFF friend of the pod, Austin Gale made this point on two for one. Like this was a couple months ago and I, I hadn't even considered it that the smart move with Lamar is to just invest as much as you can. The Greg Roman stuff actually makes sense for the way he plays and they have been just done everything to create something that Lamar can thrive in. And they've won a lot of games in the last two years. Like he has been a MVP in this league. Like he is someone who has obviously been great like he has been fantastic and only one team comes out of the afc and he's had some problems there but like ultimately he said there's going to be a point when he is going to get hit and this is going to end quickly and end sad where it's like this is not somebody who's going to be playing quarterback at 32 because his value is not entirely built on his athleticism speaking to Lindsay's point but it's just more of like the reality of like he's not going to sit in the pocket like justin herbert at age 36 and be just throwing just bombs down the right hand side to the next version of keenan allen like it's just it's going to end really abruptly for lamar jackson and the the ravens though still have a opportunity to win a title like this is still a team that can win a super bowl with lamar jackson as your quarterback it's just I feel like it's going to end quickly and it's going to end faster than some people may expect. And I don't think that's even a shot at Lamar. I just think that's just the reality of his play style, which can win a title. It just won't last as long as somebody like Herbert or even Joe Burrow. He can win a title, but I would say too, in every, you know, championship game or divisional round game, you need your quarterback to make two to three throws that they have no business making or something that they're just going to elevate their game beyond what the scheme is calling for or what the moment is. And I don't really think there's been any kind of moment where we've seen his arm be able to do that consistently. Mm. Do you think Baker has that in him as someone who's watched more Baker than all of us? Do you think Baker is at that point? I, I mean, I'm, I'm clearly biased here, but I do think in, you know, I think the difference in the systems too, and what you see with Stefanski and that kind of, you know, zone it zone blocking ish scheme and play action scheme puts him in the opportunity to make those and he also gets to he makes really smart decisions and he's just got a better arm he's just got a better arm uh true or false peter baker and lamar jackson are their team's starting quarterbacks right now three years from now both are there still Ooh. Oh, man. I mean, it really comes down to whether they pay Lamar, right? Isn't that kind of like that's like the crux of this question? And the thing is, you don't. You just do the franchise tag until you run out of opportunities, and then you just let him walk, which is 
going to be ugly, but that was like Austin's main point. It's like you just franchise one-year deals and you keep doing one-year deals until you can't anymore because it's just going to take one bad injury and it's over. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with that. I don't think there's anything... It, it, it's bad to say, but unless he gets significantly better... And you're right, Greg Roman kind of handicaps or like hinders this anyways. So yeah. it's kind of a, a like a slow-motion train car crash, it feels like. Before we answer that, Lindsay, I mean, obviously, I don't expect you to just like know the answer to this question, but I want your opinion. Is Greg Roman there to stay? Because I, as a 49ers fan, like, I, I swear to God, I feel like I'm like, this is like Looper, the movie <laughs> Looper with Bruce Willis, right? And I'm J- Joseph Gordon-Levitt looking at myself like... I've seen this happen and it's 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 not even like it's like oh this is kind of happening again it's literally happening the exact identical way that it happened with Colin Kaepernick like is he going to get fired or is he is this just going to continue So that's a really good question I my opinion so the thing with the Ravens is is the first year when Lamar had his MVP season everybody loved Greg Roman to death like he I remember he was, he had, I I don't know if this is true or not, but I feel like he had like some head coaching opportunities out there and like no Ravens fan wanted to lose Greg Roman. Right. Fast forward to last year, people are like, fire his ass. We want him gone. I'm like, you just, you know, you were wanted to make out with him last year. So it's like, it's that kind of situation. Um, I don't know. I feel like, John Harbaugh is a coach that he's a very good coach, but once he has his guys in line, he's loyal to the point where he gets rid of guys too late. Um, I mean, we saw it with uh, in 2012 when they won the Super Bowl when they fired their offensive coordinator, Cam Cameron, that, that year. He should have been gone the year before. I mean, every, anybody could have seen it, but John Harbaugh is just a loyal guy with his staff, and it's not always a good thing, so... I don't have an answer for that. Um, I feel like this is kind of a do or die year for Greg Roman. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I, I just got to say it's, it, it seems insane to me that Greg Roman has been terrorizing black quarterbacks in Harbaugh's for seven seasons now. Like, like Lamar deserves so much better than running the ball 1,400 different ways and never throwing to your receivers. Well, a lot of it is like, to me, it's like, do they really trust Lamar to do that? That's a big question too. Again, not trying to hate on him or anything, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think it'll be interesting. My, my gut says both are not with their current team three years from now. I think it, unfortunately, interesting. I, I don't think, the pressure on Baker this year is so fascinating, uh, Peter. And we can wrap up with Peter here because he has to go at, uh, in a, just a few minutes. Um, I just think there is so much talent now around Baker this year. And Andrew Barry has just done such a great job with Cleveland in the last year and a half that like, there's you can easily formulate a case that the Browns outside of the Chiefs should be considered co-favorites to come out of the AFC this year. And what we saw last year was like a great developmental year. And he's actually got the same coordinator back to back year since the fancy scheme makes a lot of sense for him. Now you have all these pass rusher options. You have Denzel Ward, you have Odell Beckham Jr. Coming back. Like there's just, you have Austin Hooper, you have guys everywhere. Do you think that this is like going to decide whether or not he's a quarterback for this Browns team in three years, because there is so much writing on this year and just how much talent and, it's crazy to think about the Cleveland Browns this way, but like they should be considered a like 
with the Bills and the Chiefs, I think that like they should be in that category. They should be the AFC North favorites going to this year. Do you agree? It's really hard to talk about this rationally as like someone from Cleveland growing up and loving them and, you know, talking myself legitimately into every year that we have an amazing quarterback. Like once you've talked yourself into the fact that Charlie Fry is a good quarterback, you've kind of lost all Mm. sense of reality. (laughs) But I would say like to me, I have never been more confident in someone who I've seen just kind of meet every moment of adversity and thrive in it. Like there's nothing about Baker going back to his years in college that wouldn't make you think that he's going to take every advantage of this opportunity. And he's just gotten better as we kind of talked about earlier, where I just trust him to make smart decisions. He had a pretty funny quote from Dwight Schrute at some point last year where he's just like, well, now when I'm playing quarterback, I just think would an idiot do that. And if they do, then I wouldn't. And I think that's how we really play last year. I mean, I don't have his stats off the top of my head, but he was like 20 touchdowns to like three picks in like the second half of the season. They had no off season. The scheme is perfect for him. Um, the play action is what he thrives in. And I, I mean, even if he has like the same year and doesn't get better, they were, you know, a couple of shoddy calls and a Chad Henney away from making to the AFC title game anyways, with like a defense that couldn't really didn't, didn't have anybody it was had Anderson Deho playing every snap. So to me, I'm just, you know, I think maybe the narrative about the Browns is still easy to, to just kind of fall back on for all of us. But I think especially maybe for people who didn't watch the team closely. And I just, I'm, I'm still waiting for the shoe to drop somewhere, but when it comes to Baker and his performance, it's the last thing I'm concerned about with this team. Mm. Peter, uh, you have to run. How do we listen to you across the Blue Wire pods? Oh, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, At Airbuds Pod for all basketball stuff. Um, NBA Storytime is something that we also just dropped that you should check out. And we have a Cleveland Browns podcast this summer coming out called Brownstown which is going to be chronicling 20 years of um, the Browns being terrible. So you have that to look at. <laughs> oh, hey, that's good chat with you, bro. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Everybody take care. Thanks, Peter. You too. All right. Well, we will continue on, guys, because there are some mini camp standouts. This is a beautiful time where the Falcons have this running back, Quadri Allison, who is just an absolute delight, guys, where you, you just have to watch the Falcons Twitter feed because he comes out every day and he asks the question. He asks some kind of weird question where he's like, why do why why do we wash towels after getting out of the shower? Because shouldn't we be clean? Shouldn't we just be wiping off a clean body when we get out of the shower? Why are we washing towels after getting out of the shower? What What is the idea behind that? And then he runs onto the football field. It's great. Shout out to Quadri Allison for just being a delight. Questions well, that need answers. How's he? But how is he at running the ball? Irrelevant. It's more about. <laughs> We are well, grieving. Not... We are grieving in Flowery Branch. We are grieving the loss of the greatest Falcon of all time. So you gotta you gotta lighten the mood a little bit with Quadri. So I think uh, it's good. It's happy. I'm I'm happy about it. I mean, Lord knows you need it. <laughs> I just haven't. I, I I'm not there yet. I'm just gonna be confused that Julio Jones is just not lining up in an Atlanta Falcons uniform. This is moment. it. I don't I don't know if this has ever been asked in mm. lieu of a receiver leaving a football team mm-hmm. but are you guys rebuilding now <laughs> like no not yet i don't they're think reloading. It, that's like, yeah that's never been happened before though right like a receiver leaves a team you never go oh they're rebuilding but like it yeah. kind of might be the case <sighs> i don't know everything with this 
the timelines are all so strange because it depends on who you believe and it depends on I, there is so much that goes into this because if Julio requested out months ago, then why would you not move him months ago? And why would you still like, why would you not do, why would you do what you, you did with Matt Ryan's contract when you did? Why would you approach the draft the way that you did? Why would you not try and do a draft day trade for Julio before these teams took receivers, right? Like before they took a Jamar chase or took whoever, if they knew that Julio was just sitting out there, why not uh, trade then and get more draft capital at the actual draft time when teams had not uh, just filled some roster holes in that regard. So I think the timeline was weird. Um, Even if you never wanted to pair Kyle with um, this group, I I just, I don't know. None of it really makes all that much sense, but I also think it was also the sins of Thomas Dimitrov. Like this team literally couldn't sign their rookie class until they traded Julio. Like that is mismanagement of the books to an unreal degree to not be able to sign your rookie class without trading your all-time best player. Like that is the saddest, most Atlanta sports thing I've had to deal with it outside of there was like the Super Bowl a couple years ago where we were up 28 to three. Something happened. I don't know. I blacked out. So I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But you know, no, 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 no. no. Let's give Lindsay plenty of space for this. I just have a question for for you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think if that video of, you know, the Shannon Sharp video came out with Julio mm. saying that he's gone, do you think if that didn't come out, do you think that would it would have ended differently? No, I think he was still gone. I think he had privately like Well, I mean like yeah. timing-wise. Uh, I don't I think it put more pressure. I think it put more pressure on them. Yes. I would say the timing was not, I think it was no matter what it was going to happen after June 1st, just for salary related reasons, but I don't think it would have happened in that way. No, I think it did push it. And I, and I don't think he knew that he was, uh, he was on, he was on air. No, I do not. I will. I, I still do not. And based on people I've talked to, I don't think he, he knew. Um, that he was on air or he's like, just never been that kind of guy. He's right. Never been that kind of guy to say things like that to the media. You're but I also think he was out. Like, I think he wanted to move on. I think he was just like with the new regime and he was close to Dan Quinn. Like, I do think he actually was like, I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, I think that right. was, that was real. I mean, it definitely seems like not only was it kind of time i i you know i i think it was the, not the time big... evan i didn't say it was time i'm not okay i was not okay i was not ready to move well, on from Julio me, Jones. you know if i can fuck if i can be realistic about all the sad shit that happens with the 49ers all the mm. time you can handle this you're a, a receiver leaving i think if it wasn't for the fact that matt ryan has all this money tied up to him because your team mm. your gm is a moron okay um or was a moron excuse me i was gonna say Terry Fana, um, responsible for that. no but like if if it wasn't for Matt Ryan's contract, like we would be having an entirely different conversation right now about the Falcons. Matt Ryan's a very good quarterback. Don't let what <laughs> L- Lindsay says every day of the week, seven days a week, you can find her on Lindsay. Okay. Okay. Is it, is it no two Y's, right? L I N D S E Y Y. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Why are we yeah, encouraging you can find her- this ant- like anti-Matt Ryan? Shush. Shush. Okay. No, I'm just um, but no, all jokes aside, you, you can you can find her saying all of these things on Twitter. Um, but no, I think if it wasn't for the fact of Matt Ryan's contract, we wouldn't even be having a conversation. The, the Falcons are rebuilding entirely. They just literally can't get rid of Matt Ryan. They could get rid of Julio Jones, so they did. 
I don't think Arthur Blank wants to rebuild at all. I think this sustained success is great, and I think they kind of want to do the Saints model. I think that's why they brought in Terry Fontenot with the last couple years of Drew Brees. I think that's really what they would prefer to do. Um, because look, the offensive line, they have invested a bunch of resources into the offensive line with Lindstrom and McGarry and Lindstrom made the top 25 under 25 list, but like the defense was a train wreck and, um, they were just too expensive offensively. And, you know, you don't, I I just, I think their moves seem to me like where they're like, you know, we can't fix it this year, but we're going to have a lot more cap space next year. Let's hope our rookie class is good. We spent a lot of draft capital on the secondary. Let's hope that the Saints fall off a cliff with Jameis under center. Let's hope Sam Darnold sucks. And then, you know, Tom Brady might be gone after this year. Like, he might just get hurt or something, and he's like, he doesn't look like himself anymore, and he just walks. And then suddenly you're back in the driver's seat in the NFC South. So I think they want to see what happens um, this year. And if they're terrible, then Matt Ryan, I don't think, is a Falcon next year because his salary changes significantly after this year. If they go, like, 4-12, and I think he's gone. But if they sni- like just mess around and go, or I guess four and thirteen. I hate the seventeen game. I'm not going to get used to that. But if they go like I don't know six, or I, I would say like eight and nine or nine and eight, something like that, then I think they're going to be really aggressive next off season and really go for it again for these last couple at Ryan years. But I think this year is more of like an experiment of like what are we right now without Julio? I think I should be the one to be able to tell Matt Ryan he's not a Falcon anymore. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, hold on now. Let's not just, let's not dumb it like down that. like that. Okay. So that's your thing. You want to just desk, a desk conversation. You want to just like bring it. Yeah. Hey, excuse me. Could you bring my, uh, bring, bring Matt into the office? One of those. Bring your iPad. <laughs> like, have, have the uh, strength and training coach just walk out and go to the locker room. Hey, uh, go see Lindsay in her office. Mm. <laughs> I'm sitting with my feet up and I'm like, guess what? Hand over your iPad, hand over your key card. You're out of here. <laughs> That's like my dream. Oh my God. Well, can I really just nice real quick, guy. real quick, the, the, the funniest tweet I've ever seen in my entire life. And I've probably even said it on this podcast before, but the funniest tweet I've ever seen after the whole Jim Tom Sula debacle in San Francisco, when they finally let him go, some guy, I don't even think it was a big football Twitter guy in general, just tweeted like Jim Tom Sula walks in <laughs> walks into the there like hey we're gonna have to let you go and Jim hands over a gun and a badge and Jed York is like yo where the hell did you get those <laughs> oh my I miss Jim Tom Sula what is he up to these days what is old Jim doing is he a DL I think coach he's like somewhere? a isn't he in college or something college coach no, right now he right now he, he was with he was with Dallas last year and I I don't think that he uh-huh. got signed anywhere Mm. we need to bring him back let's get him back and what happened to the guy whose uh stomach moved with his like uh like his movements um on heart oh, yeah. a couple years yeah, ago yeah. we got to bring that guy back who just said hut and his whole <laughs> stomach moved with it. it was incredible <laughs> Yo, I, I still watch the, that guy, the guy that was on the browns uh hard knocks yes yes yeah. yeah. i don't mean this like in a fucked up way at all but like is he still alive oh, did, no i mean like didn't he pass away no, there's no way. I, I or did he just you know retire? That crossed, my, that crossed my mind too. He maybe he retired. For at first, I thought Rob Ryan. Rob Ryan's with the Ravens now, but it wasn't him. Is he really Bob Wiley? Bob yeah, Wiley. Uh, I forget. 
Yeah. Okay, Bob Wiley is still alive. All right, we're good, folks. He's still alive. All right. (laughs) That concludes the Is This Man Still Alive segment on the Chase Thomas podcast. Um, Lindsay, do you want to see the Buffalo Bills move to Orchard Park? Um, so one of my dreams is to go to a Buffalo Bills tailgate. Mm. So wherever I can do that is fine with me. Okay. What would you do? Like the whole wrestling move thing? Would you hit somebody with an RKO onto a table? Like what, what are you doing at a Buffalo Bills tailgate? What is your dream scenario? I I literally just want to pull up a chair and watch. I Mm. do not want to participate in any activities besides maybe drinking some beers or something like that. But I, have too many ballet injuries to participate in any sort of table activities. Mm. So I just really want to pull up a chair and watch everything or just walk around. Okay. That's fair. Evan, what is your dream scenario to Buffalo Bills tailgate? I mean, okay. So, you know, obviously I'm a little more bro centric than Lindsay, but uh, (laughs) personally, if I'm at a, if I'm at a Bills game, I got to ask a couple questions. Are we talking about a winter Bills game? Yeah, I think the winter is when it gets crazy, right? Yes. Okay. Because I'm trying to just think about how I would want to approach things, right? Like, you can't beer bong in a winter game as much as you can shotgun a beer. So I think I would want to shotgun beers, at least a beer, with like a crowd of crazy Bills fans. And then like... I don't have to be the one to do it, but as we this we in this giant crowd are shotgunning the beer, we finish it. As we're like spiking the empty beer cans on the ground, I want like from a chair, like full suplex, someone in the air getting suplexed up, dramatic pause, feet straight up in the air, and then let go down onto the table as we're spiking the beer cans. Okay. Not, not that I... Not, not that I've ever like thought about that in depth before. Mm. Before, I would just love to hit a five star frog splash on somebody, or do like a four fifty <laughs> splash or something. On like I can do stuff. Like I, I don't know how much longer I can do that. Like I hopped up watching after watching Mayor of East Town uh, last night, finishing that up, binge that every weekend. That wow. that shit is great. That's a good one. Have you watched it, Lindsay? Yes, it's oh probably God. one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. I almost tweeted out today that I was like, I, I kind of wanted to take a break from TV for a long time because I just know nothing's going to live up yeah. to the air of Easttown for a long time. Like, that shit is yeah. bonkers, and it's so good. Evan, have you watched it? No, I don't I don't really. Yeah, no. You got it. I, heard, it's good. I heard it's great. I heard it's great. Um, my did mom's you get the ending? Who, who, did you, who did you think did it? So, I mean, that whole, I mean, we got to be careful with spoilers, but I did not oh, see right. the final twist coming at all. I saw yeah. the twist before that. That seemed okay. like with the weird stuff. Um, I also thought the priest was going to be more involved. The the other one, like the cousin right. one, I thought there was more to those two. And I thought it was just going to be a pivot from the priest that everyone thought was, but it was actually going to be the other one, the one who's related to her. But uh no. The, without spoiling anything, I I was very very surprised with that last little bit. Yeah. It was heartbreaking, and just the the conversation between uh, Mare and the mom. Oh my god! Like it is gripping. Yeah. Yes, it's you have to watch it, Evan. Have to. And it's only six episodes. You can burn through I'm it down. over the weekend. It's good. 
You got to do it. It's it's incredible. But my mom, who's like a like the holiday is like one of her three favorite movies. I swear the holiday. Mom, I love you. Uh, it's not fun. like I I, I I love you very much, but she's all in the holiday and just talks it up way too much. But I, I found like I don't think I want to recommend it to her because I don't know how she'll appreciate Kate Winslet in this kind of setting. I, mean, I think she's I think she might feel bad like, oh, what? What's going on with Kate? Like this isn't the holiday Kate that I that I watch all the time whenever it's on TV. I'm a little concerned. I, I can't recommend it to her. I don't think. But she she's she's gonna win some awards for this show, right? She should. Or, yeah, she's incredible. Yeah. It's probably the best thing I've ever seen her in. I would agree. Like it was one of those where I literally was like, I, I looked at my girlfriend and I was like, we're just finishing this this weekend, right? Like, there's, I, I I'm not going into the work week with it with some open questions on this. Like, let's just go ahead and uh, <laughs> breeze through the rest of this. I don't know what other plans you had outside of the Hawks advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals. Shout out to Atlanta, but um, yeah, no, it was it was great. Highly recommend. I'm glad we're on the same page there, Lizzie, because I, I did not know if I had anybody else to talk to about that. Um, yeah. Derek Carr said recently he would rather re- he's going to retire if he's ever traded away from Vegas. Do you buy that, Evan? I mean, I I have so many ways I can answer this, so let's see mm. if I can like smush them all together. Uh, one, Derek Carr is a trash quarterback. Two, Derek Carr just got to Las Vegas, for, so he can't even really pretend like he's like specifically tied to whatever. Three, the the organization as a whole really doesn't even fuck with him that much. Four, he just got a new head coach who's not even doing well, so who fucking cares? Five, the fans don't even fuck with him. Six, he doesn't even have really good players. So it's like, all of those things combined, it's like I want to have a response, but I just don't give a fuck about what Derek Carr in his fake country country accent growing up in Fresno, California, or wherever the fuck he, he grew up. I don't care. I don't like Oh, if they trade me, I'll retire. You should retire right now because you're stealing money from the Raiders, and it's not okay. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Can I also add that he blocked me because I called him a denim enthusiast? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He blocks everyone, though, too, right? Like, he just, he loves it. Yeah, everyone. I will say, find you a brother like Derek Carr found himself a brother in David Carr. The way they talk each other up and the way he has his back at all times and blocks other people for talking about his brother he has no qualms about just being like, my brother is the best. And it's been the situation around him. I, I very much appreciate the, the family bond there, though. They, shout out to them. Family over everything. They are very a very tight-knit group, it seems like. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty weird. Like, Derek Carr could run over somebody's cat, and then his brother would be like, well, your cat was in the way. Well, technically, it was in the way. That. That is the problem. That's why it got ran over because it was it was in the, the it was in the way. I mean, all jokes aside, though, like mm-hmm. it is just such an absurd thing for me to hear Derek Carr even say that because it's like y- he has no leverage. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess he's okay with like retiring and just you know he's got enough money or whatever. But it's like if they trade me, like you absolutely just need to find a team that's even interested in trading for you at this point to even like be worried about the idea of you getting traded for you're you're literally still a raider because they have nowhere else to put you like no one else wants you Lindsay, true or false he is 30 years old 
Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Oh, true. Yes. Is that not insane that this man is already 30? He's already been in the league this amount of time. Like, I didn't realize it's been seven years now. Like, this guy has been in the NFL, but he has been a Raider for seven years. That's way too long. (laughs) But, like, it's just funny because it seems like no one else has this kind of leash. Like, no quarterbacks. Like, you look at Jared Goff. You look at Carson Wentz. You look at just Dwayne Haskins. You look at name after name after name, and it's just like teams are willing. Like, Josh Rosen, y'all's favorite quarterback. Josh Rosen. How quickly it changed there for him. him. Um, Is he still in the league? Is he on the Bucks? What is he? He's on the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. That's my quarterback room. The best quarterback room in the NFL? Yeah. The best quarterback room in the NFL. Is it just because of their skill set or is it their their looks? Yes. Their skill (laughs) set. And their looks. Do we, Evan, you being the 49ers guy, um, did we ever get confirmation if Colin Cowherd's daughter is dating Trey Lance? Is that true? Yeah, that's true. true. So that's happening. How is he allowed to comment on it? Like, this is like, I don't know if he should be allowed to comment on any of this. This is this is a crazy conflict of interest that we just don't see in sports media very often. Like, that's weird. Um, That's wild. I I didn't think that was real. So that is a real thing. We can confirm. Yes, definitely a real thing. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, yeah, they're they're dating. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Amazon money. For Peyton Manning on Thursday night football. Is that is Jeff Bezos what finally pulls Peyton into the booth? Just <laughs> Jeff Bezos throwing around some trillions to get Peyton Manning on Thursday night football to make sure that it succeeds, Lindsay. Do you think it happens? I don't know. Um I feel like I feel like Peyton's had offers from basically anybody and everybody, but for some reason I feel like he doesn't really want to do this i don't know i just kind of get that vibe i do too and i think he wants to own a team i think one or two things i think he wants to own a team and i think he wants to get into politics at some point i think he has been very careful about his image i think he's been very careful about his investments i think it would not surprise me at all if Peyton manning's running for governor of colorado or something in a couple years it also not surprise me if he used the haslam money and Haslam connections to purchasing an NFL team. I mean, the Broncos literally might go up for sale soon. Like that is something that is going on behind the scenes right now in the NFL, where there's uncertainty about the future of that ownership group after Pat Bowen passed away and like stuff with the kids and stuff like that. Um, he could just buy the Broncos, be the league guy. Like that would not surprise me at all. I think Peyton's just got like billionaire athlete aspirations. And I just don't know he, if he wants to, spend time in the booth on Thursdays. I think he's wired more like John Elway than he's wired like a uh, Drew Brees or something. What do you think, Evan? I mean, for me, it's as simple as this. Peyton Manning knows that he can go crush it in the booth. I don't really actually, honestly, I don't know that I agree with what you're saying. I mean, he's worth $200 million. That's not enough to buy an NFL team. And in fact, it's nowhere even remotely close. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that I think the NFL te- team – I think there's no chance he ever runs for politics. Uh, you, uh, that to me is before. he's gotten people around in Tennessee. He's he would win in Tennessee in a landslide. Like it would I, be I, easy for him to be a I, senator in Tennessee. I, I get it, but I do think it's going to be. It's one of those like Matthew McConaughey things, and it's mm. not even at that level where it's just like, well, I'll think about it. I think honestly, like I think Peyton Manning loves being funny. 
I think he loves his family and he loves football. And I think that being an announcer is probably going to give what Peyton Manning, what he wants for like the next 20 years. I just think he's just chilling in the meantime. I mean, like there's no rush. You know what I'm saying? Like if you look at every great announcer, which he obviously would be one and same with Tony Romo, right? Like, you know, he's If he does that, he knows he'll do it for the next 15 years or something like that. 10 years. So I just don't think there's a rush. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think know. he should host bet. SNL again, though. He should what? He should host SNL again. Mm. That was no, so he's, funny. He's hilarious. Do you also watch <laughs> SNL? No, I watch the clips. Uh, every once in a while. Okay. If yeah. somebody is on, that's interesting. I have not watched SNL in a long, long time. Like you know, when Taylor Swift is on, I'm watching that. Okay. How is Taylor Swift these days? Does she have a new album coming out soon? I'm not. Uh... I'm not she um her red re-recording is coming out in november that's so long to wait mm. see i'm more of a casey musgraves guy casey musgraves is uh okay i saw her she i saw her when she opened up for harry styles oh i didn't know she did that interesting yeah okay it was very good what is your one direction cast member rankings post one direction oh okay harry obviously won mm-hmm. um zane is two okay Neal is three. Mm-hmm. Um, Liam's four, and the other one's five. I don't even know his name. What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know. I, I you lost me at number two. Wait, hold on, hold mm-hmm. on. Wait, you okay, Lindsay? Do you know the name of every single Backstreet Boy? Yeah. That was <laughs> that was a lead. That was a leading question. Oh. I now I now need you to say them out loud. Okay. Nick, AJ, Kevin, Howie, and Brian. Wait, Brian's is that why you named your dog him. Howie? No. Okay. Every, people ask me that all the time. I there's I didn't name him after anyone. Okay. How did okay. you stumble well, on the name Howie for a dog? I'm curious. What? How did you stumble on the name Howie for a dog? I don't know. I just thought it was cute. I like, well, his full name is Howard Philip Miles. Okay. And then I call him Howie for short. <laughs> Interesting. Evan, how did you come up with the name for your dog? Um, I was literally just Googling dog names back in the day. And then I mm. saw the name Ty- Titus. Mm-hmm. And I remember, uh, I don't know if you guys ever watched that show when you were a kid, but like there was like a show on Fox called Christopher Titus. And it was like a, a comic who was like in a dysfunctional family. Uh-huh. And I was just like, oh shit, that guy's funny as hell. And I like this <laughs> name. I will name him Titus. I thought it was. I also just thought it was a good dog name, and it was. It, it is, is a, a good, good dog, dog name. name. Shout out to Titus, rest in peace. Yeah. I, yeah. That's yeah. Um, it's just interesting to me when people figure out their names because, like, I've had people. I think it's always funny when people name their their animals or their pets human names. I just like hearing people yell out like Kevin or something like that, and it's just it's like weird. <laughs> My like, best yeah. friend's <laughs> brother's dog's name is Kevin. It's like a black laugh. <laughs> it's Frederick. Just funny. And they're just like Kevin. <laughs> it's it's great. I, I love it because people always turn their heads of just like who are they? Who's she talking to? It's like oh the dog. Um, last thing, and we'll wrap up here, guys. Um, the Cardinals have not extended Cardell Jones, and there were some crazy Cardell Jones stats in the DraftNetwork.com's piece about this. Uh, ben Solak, who does great work with Trevor Sikama, also a friend of the pod, and that just great site. So go check that out if you're not already. But like. I didn't realize he like leads the league in sacks since 2012. And this is insane for a multitude of reasons. So, so yeah. hold on. First and foremost, uh, Cardale Jones, 
great quarterback from Ohio State. You're talking about Chandler Jones, Did right? Did I say Cardell? Okay, yeah, I meant Chandler. Well, I had Cardell on the on the brain. Like Cardell. I'm like, my God, that guy is just multifaceted. <laughs> I can't believe I said Cardell Jones. There you go. Um, it that's what happens in your court almost midnight uh, East Coast time, Evan. I, like I, the, that's just I just I'm just making sure we're on the same page. Yeah, no, not Cardell. <laughs> uh, Chandler, I'm losing my mind. But um, Chandler has led the league in sacks since 2012, which is bonkers because. He was the guy that Belichick just let go, and this has never happens for defensive guys. When he moves on from you, when Belichick moves on from these veteran guys, it's usually like, oh, that's probably means it's over. Like when they move on from Stephon Gilmore, whoever, you're like, okay, that's probably it. But Chandler Jones just got better, and he has been awesome in Arizona, and he's been awesome the last couple of years. But they have not restructured his contract, and it looks like nothing is going to happen this summer with him. Um, you brought in JJ Watt. You still have questions with uh, Larry Fitzgerald if he's going to return, but I don't know. I am curious to see what happens there um, with Chandler Jones because he's just been so productive and a lot is going into this year for the Cardinals. Uh, Evan, what do you think about Chandler Jones and what's next for him? Because he'd actually make a lot of sense for a lot of different teams. So if you're not going to pay him, I, I, I think he still has a lot of value with a lot of other teams. I mean, you know, it's an interesting situation to be in. Chandler Jones is by all means not his career is not over but you know he is getting closer towards the end of the, the of his career where i think like a long term deal is obviously a risk so i think what they're trying to do is you know the smart business decision right they got a lot of production out of him last year he's still under contract you let him play this year and if you know if it looks like he can still go maybe you think about extending him Maybe you trade him. Maybe you trade him mid-season because you're going to get some value out of him. You know, I just don't know that there's necessarily a rush uh, for a pass rusher that's maybe a little bit older, not necessarily old. Um, but, you know, he is one of the most dynamic pass rushers in the NFL right now. I just think they're just trying to be smart about it. I mean, he's 31 years old. You know, J.J. Watt is 32 and <laughs> – you know, J.J. Watt is not necessarily young by any means. And J.J. Watt, we kind of look at like, a, oh, his, his career might be over sooner than later. So uh, I think it's it's just that similar situation to be in. Lindsay, what do you think? I agree with a lot of what Evan said. I also like one of the questions in my mind is uh, from Chandler's point of view, like is he seeing them bringing J.J. Watt in as a reason why he's not getting – this contract like that's a, a real question right right yeah that's what i'm wondering like i just this is odd and i just think he is a better gamble in 2021 than jj like chandler is like almost a guarantee at this point and jj we don't know how many games he's gonna play i'm just gonna assume he's not gonna be available every game and i would just assume chandler is gonna give you production guaranteed production and there's a lot riding on this year and it just it, it's easy for teams to just add two years into the contract, restructure, um, pay more now to free up some cap space later. Like it's just interesting or do the opposite and just push a lot of money, um, guarantee money to the next year. Cause he has like no guaranteed money left on the last two years of his contract. It's just a very weird situation for Chandler considering just how good he's been there. I, d I don't know. I just, I think it's odd. Um, and now Hassan Reddick, who was actually good for them last year, he moved on. Um, I don't know. I just the uh, the Cardinals continue to be a weird weird team that I struggle to to get a read on. Um, 
But yeah, there we go. Um, Lindsay, what can we check out from you across the NFL Twitter sphere, uh, your Patreon? How can uh, folks keep up with your work? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, everything. It's all the same. It's the same username, Lindsay. Okay. Go do that. Go do that. Is there anything coming out this week that people should check out specifically? Um, I don't know. I've been back and forth, obviously, this off season. I've got my dog's been sick, so I've you know um, been dealing with that. But yeah, this uh, is this is genuinely one of the slowest, most terribly boring off seasons in NFL history. Is it not? It is. I just I don't I don't know. I feel like with last year, it was all we really had to have going on because we were all stuck inside and everything. And now this year it's kind of like, okay, we can all go out again, but can something happen, please? <laughs> yeah. Ever. I mean, I love how we, we went to like training camp. Mm-hmm. We had like basic, like rookie camps and stuff like that. And it was like an afterthought. I don't think we like really even talked about it, but yeah, I, I, you know, you know me, you can find me on Twitter too, too Evan, too furious as it seems. I will never be getting my account back. Rest in peace. Uh, other than that, you know, by all means, follow the 49ers hub. If you are a 49ers fan, but if you're listening to this pod, cause you're a 49ers fan, and you probably already follow the 49ers up. So good talk. Lindsay, it was an absolute pleasure uh, being on a podcast with you for the first time ever. Oh, you too. It's so nice to finally get to talk to you. Definitely. That's the Chase Thomas podcast. Just bringing people together, bringing the (laughs) blogosphere together. That's what we did. Um, See, this was fun. Evan, we got like expanding the NFL, the the NFL podcast room, uh, getting different insight. It's good. Diversity is good. In my opinion. People bringing people right together. Yes, exactly. Um, Lindsay, okay. Evan Swords, thank you so much for making the time. I greatly appreciate it. We'll have to do this again soon. Absolutely. Yes, Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.